Hello, and welcome to the Marvel Cinema Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Henry. I'm another co-host, Matthew. Uh, and Happy New Year, I guess, and Merry Christmas. Um, we are mm-hmm. back from a little break. Yeah, um, welcome back to the podcast. How does it feel to be yeah, back? It, it feels the same, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing changed. Kind of depressing in some ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Christmas happened, New Year happened. I really know. felt different. Last time we were talking, we were all looking forward to Christmas. Now we're just sort of... Looking forward to... 2021. 2022, I guess, as well. <laughs> no. So um, we are... We're, we're, trying to, we're trying to pluck up spirits, you know, keep the optimism yeah. for 2021 high with this week's topic. <laughs> yeah, because I think this whole episode, we're kind of assuming that 2021 is going to be fine and mm. that these things will actually happen. Because today, we're discussing our most anticipated movies of 2021 um mm-hmm. again totally assuming that they're going to come out and they, they'll be fine <laughs> um so yeah just take all of this with a grain of salt this could be 2022 <laughs> um mm-hmm. but yeah so i've got have... a few tv shows on mine oh yeah i guess we have got yeah tv shows as well which almost definitely happen because streaming mm-hmm. yeah um, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what i'm relying on here i mean i'm thinking surely not I didn't, I didn't think that far ahead, so I just got movies that might not be happening. <laughs> All right. Well, mate, I've got quite a long list now. I mean, some of them I'm not actually excited for, but I just thought I'd put them on a list because some people might be. Yeah, I feel like most of mine are kind of just ones that I'm not excited for, but more just like, I will see that when it comes out <laughs> um, sort of things. But we do have an Instagram account at, at Marvelous Cinema Podcast where we do daily reviews um and a weekly podcast we'll be starting again i think on monday i think you said mm-hmm. um yeah and we have a twitter account twitter account uh, at cinema marvelous where we do the same thing over there daily reviews weekly podcasts and yeah so do you want to start off with your one of your most anticipated mm-hmm. can do um so no better place to start than something that's actually already come out oh okay. came out yesterday mm-hmm. do you know what it is Oh, Cobra Kai. Yes. Yes. Season three of Cobra Kai came out yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's been reviewed really well. Really well. I've seen the first five episodes. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen any. Oh, it's it's good. <laughs> All I know is that I, when I was doing sort of research for this, it came up and it said the season three has ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. If that's the kind of thing you use to measure how good something is. Yeah. But that's that's still quite high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, um, almost. Yeah. Would you universal. say it's good? Yeah, I would say it's it's in some ways like a a big kind of leap forward in quality in some in some regards. Um, especially, I mean, it's kind of spoiling it. So season for season two, the ending. Um, where as a have you seen season two? I've seen I've seen season two. Yeah. Okay, where at the end is a big kind of school fight really over-the-top kind of school fight. That is brilliant, by the way. That it's was so so much fun. So good. And so just perfectly, weirdly 80s, but also now, 2019, 2020. Um, but yeah, there's a big fight, and at some point, uh, one of our main characters falls off a, off a staircase thing and like, breaks his back, essentially. Um, and having that kind of be the lead-in for season three was a really, really good choice. And I feel like it really worked in helping... Season three, not not feel like oh it's the thing you like, but a bit more of it. It kind of feels like the most dire 
kind of consequence that's happening at the moment. Um, and I forgot how dramatic the show is. <laughs> I forgot how much, like, how many scenes end with, like, an epic, quiet, like, drum beat. <laughs> like, a war is coming, even though, you know, it's kids crying, you know? <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's so far it's been great. And I recommend it to so many people that haven't seen it yet because it's worth, like, all the fun. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And, and he mentioned how it's a big step up from the previous seasons. Is this the first one that's been produced by Netflix? I think it is. Because yeah. I, know, I know the first one was definitely produced by YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the second one was as well, but I'm not sure. I think the second one was. I remember, I think, yeah, because I think it only came to Netflix when it had two seasons already. So mm. I think it's it's only now that Netflix are kind of like at least funding it, I think. Mm. Um that being said, I don't really think there's like a a big difference like visual wise or like anything like that. It's just the same kind of uh, tone and vibe, but a bit more. I don't know. There's something a bit like people are dying <laughs> in season three, and I think it kind of it tracks well with um with uh, the actual movie, like the trilogy. Um, the first one very kind of serious, not not serious, but kind of grounded and kind of not too over the top second one a bit more and the third one's like straight up like what is happening these are kids <laughs> um and this is kind of what's, where it's going but a bit more believably than the movie than the movies did because we've got more time to actually being invested in all the characters mm. um yeah it's totally worth it oh it's so good <laughs> yeah camera and such it's such a, such a surprise to me mm-hmm. it's just yeah. been so brilliant i've thoroughly enjoyed the Another two, and the fourth season as well. I think at some point. Yeah, I think so. I've heard a lot of people on Twitter reacting to the to the end of season three. I don't know what the ending is, but I've heard a lot of like, I'm so hyped for season four and the twist or whatever happened at the end of the season. Um, oh, interesting. Always, yeah, which is always really exciting when people say that. Um, mm. But god damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if you told me at like in like 2020. Not only would I enjoy Cobra Kai, but I would actually be like anticipating the next season all the time. <laughs> then I, I wouldn't believe you, but it's happened and it's great. <laughs> oh, that's good. Good first pick, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you got another one? You got, you got a first, your first one? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, let me get the list off. Yeah, I have. I think I want to go for the. I think I don't even know what's coming out this year, maybe, but The Eternals? Is that still this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this year, October. Okay, all right, okay. Really Eternals. Um, I am really exci- excited for this movie. Um, mm. It should have came out already, <laughs> but it didn't, because, you know, the world did things that were bad. Um, but I feel like out of all the Marvel movies, TV shows I'm very excited for, but the movies, I'm thinking, well, when I think about the movies, I kind of can't help but be really interested in this in this particular one. I don't know. I think I the reason why is because I keep on hearing behind the scenes sort of things about it rather than just kind of official kind of cool Easter egg announcement sort of things like castings about a different character. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I don't know. It's something about the Eternals, and I think it's Chloe Zhao directing. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing him in a movie recently that I want to see but I haven't yet. Uh, called, I think, Nomad Land. Yeah, um, uh, 
Francis McDormand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And people have been giving that really great reviews and really loving it. And so I really want to see that. And then I've heard like things like this is one they're shooting at least parts of this movie on actual film, mm-hmm. which hasn't been a thing since I think the first four movie, like 2011. Um, so that's a really interesting choice. I don't really think one of my kind of pet peeves of the MCU is that they haven't really allowed many visual kind of stylistic choices as the films that went on. Um, so I feel like having not only the Eternals be such a weird, wacky concept put on screen, but also kind of filming it in a different way. Um, having a really big cast of characters of very various uh, backgrounds, stuff like that. And I just don't know what to make of it, which is kind of the reason that I'm so interested in it. Do you agree with any of that? <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's fascinating. And they also yeah. mentioned, um, I forgot what it's called, the type of lighting. Mm-hmm. When they actually shoot at Hello. sunsets. Yeah, like the low light kind of thing. Yeah, which yeah, it sounds really fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Eternal seems to be one that, sorry, Eternal seems to be one that people are underestimating. I feel. Like yeah, I get that. Look at too. a lot of lists of people, like, especially like on Instagram or Twitter. You see a lot of people doing lists of stuff they're looking forward to, and Eternal seems to rank fairly low on a lot of people's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it's selling it short because I think it could be something really special. Mm-hmm. I, like I yeah. said, given what um what. Chloe Zhao's other work or emerging work seems to be mm-hmm. it seems like a real departure for a lot of the MCU which I'm loving With especially with this film I don't think there's another film in the new slate that is as strong with it as this one but if you look across all the projects they do seem to be more creatively led they have actually got creative people and new creative people involved yeah I mean Looking at the future of MCU is kind of like a weird thing where it's it's kind of the opposite of where they've been going for the past couple of years, where it's not necessarily being a tied together universe. It's more kind of just whatever fits the character, I guess, um, and just having different directors do whatever they want with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, um, one of the things that's helping that enormously, which I'm sure we'll get onto, is like the TV format, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because, like you say, it allows more time to breathe. Yeah, and lets people you know fully explore these characters before we get to see them in the big events. Yeah, and there's something about a TV show where there isn't this pressure to be like a a world-ending kind of event. There's no kind of Loki has to save the world or Wonder Vision has to save the world. It's kind of more of a it can just be a little story about whatever they're dealing with in between the movie, the movies, um, which is like all I ever wanted from these this series, I think was kind of that downtime between the big events. I feel like I kind of don't like the idea of a this new weird kind of trend of like a palette cleansing movie after the big event. I don't really mm. understand it. I generally can't get my head around it. <laughs> um, but I do like the idea of uh, movies that take like uh, kind of like a downtime after the big event where they can just kind of live with the after effects rather than doing the fun adventure in between to like kind of make you kind of go oh yeah it's still fun though um so i kind of i want these stories to be that and i think they're going that way especially um in some ways falcon and winter shorts is probably because the best example because it's mm. directly taking endgame then going well what happened next with these characters and this legacy mm. um do you want to move on to falcon and winter soldier then 
<laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless you've got anything else you want to say about Eternals? Not really. I just think it's fascinating, and I think it'll be really interesting if that film comes out and it's not universally loved like most MCU movies kind of are. It would be really interesting. I think I'd be even more excited for it. <laughs> um, kind of like a, if it was came out and it was like on Rotten Tomatoes, it was like 60 to 80%, I'd be like, this could be really interesting. <laughs> um, and I really want to see it, no matter what happens, really. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> they dropped something new on New Year's Day. Did they? It's not much different. It's basically sort of the same trailer as what they showed for the Disney investors thing. Mm-hmm. Just with some new music laid over the top and a few new images. Oh, okay. Again, it's nothing that we've really not seen before. Yeah. Um, the overarching thing I felt looking at it is that I really like the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it feels. It felt really. It felt. It, it didn't feel somber. It mm-hmm. felt like it was on its way to somber, if that makes sense. <laughs> it was but on it the was, road. It was very. American national anthem. Mm hmm. Okay. But it was more subtle, and it was, like I said, it was a little more somber. And I feel like it really suits, obviously, the, the story they seem to be telling with these characters. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like a really unique score to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's what I'll actually use for the for the TV show when it comes out, but yeah. I felt like it really worked for the trailer. Yeah, I'm... I just, again, it's kind of a weird thing where with Marvel, they have just a very kind of of what they're doing that you got Loki and all this one division that are doing really weird things that I can't really help but kind of not forget but kind of kind of go oh yeah and Falcon Winter Soldier it's kind of like a oh yeah and they're doing you know that smaller kind of story with those two characters we already know in the in kind of like the real world I guess (laughs) of the Mm. MCU but it's still amazing that it's happening and like you know it's two of my favorite characters in the MCU Two of my favorite actors in the MCU. Their chemistry off screen is amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, they have so much energy. <laughs> yeah, this is, I think like they're they're pretty much best friends at this point in some ways. <laughs> um, and I feel like bringing again, what a great. I think we talked about this before where we said something like, um, "It's always really nice when you know that people are getting along on set because you can really feel it in the end product." Yeah, you can. Um, it's very rare that people that don't get on don't get don't get along on set that you don't feel it in some ways. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like the MCU cast, you have always kind of got on and they have group chats and all these sort of things and all that. Um, and like the, the business side of it, having the idea of, oh, these two people are best friends and people are really big fans, fans of them. Let's make a TV show about them. I mean, that's just, you know, that's not money chasing. That's just like fan or storytelling chasing with things that people already want to happen. Because um, I mean, is, as well, after Endgame, you, you have a really strong story there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think about that because the end game really just it wraps up the main, um, the main core team of the Avengers. But there's so much left over. <laughs> mm. So many movies of characters left over to deal with, and I think we need this kind of downtime, like I said before, just dealing with it all. <laughs> yeah, just spend a bit of time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is a natural point to sort of talk about the other two shows as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I think we're getting three from Marvel this year. I think it's three. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, um, for Miss um, Marvel, I think that's supposed to be this year, isn't it? That's this year? 
I think it's supposed to be the end of this year. Oh, okay. This year, I think. Assuming As is, what if? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but if, if we just focus on these three, because we know we're definitely getting these and we've seen stuff from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were to say which which of the three you were more excited for, how would you, how would you place them? I, th- I think it goes Loki, number one, mm-hmm. and then WandaVision, and then Falcon, Winter Soldier. Mm. Would you agree? I, yeah, again, staff, I'd say I am really excited for all three of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, same. I would say mine would probably be Loki first, then Falcon and Winter Soldier, then WandaVision. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. Mainly because I feel like WandaVision is the biggest risk. It, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's what you could describe. It's a, it's a high-risk, high-reward move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a, this could work out or it could really fall flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think in the schedule before the world ended and all that, um, it was meant to be Falcon Winter Soldier first, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So I think they were going to test the ground with like a kind of a safe kind of show <laughs> and then do the weird thing. Um, so it was weird and interesting that they got the, f- the first one's going to be a w- really weird one. Mm. Um, well, they, they seem to have confidence in it, which, you know. Oh, yeah. It helps us have confidence in it as well. Like I'm not, I'm not doubting it, but it's just sort of in the back of my mind. I'm thinking it's a risk. Yeah. If it's and... good, then I think it has the potential to be the best of the three. Oh, definitely. And I think it's, I think my only thing with it is that when watching the trailers, which are, by the way, very good, the, the trailers for Marvel recently have been very good of like hiding things and not letting, not really telling us what's happening. Mm, they've been um, an art form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, but watching that trailer, I can't help but wonder how much of WandaVision is just them doing weird things and not really knowing what's happening. Because mm. um, I think that could last for a really good, strong opening episode. But if that's like, a free quarter of the show, then it's kind of like, well, what are we doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, so look excited for it. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, and Loki. Yeah, that's I think it. this is Loki's the one I'm looking at and thinking this could be and probably will be absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> the trailers look so good. It looks so yeah. impressive. And as well, it looked it looked good in the sense of it really popped, I thought. Mm-hmm. Visually. Yeah. Particularly like the image of like at the end of the trailer where you have him with his arms outstretched and he's surrounded by them space viking people. Yeah. He's got all the vote for Loki stuff on. <laughs> yeah. I felt I was just sort of left thinking the colours are really popping and it just looks yeah. it just looks brilliant. Yeah. There is even like, I think I mentioned last time, I think on the podcast, but I think I just, there's just some really new and different lighting choices every once in a while that was kind of, you know, just interesting. And I don't feel like, I don't want to go on about it too much, but I just feel like some of the movies don't do that often. So I feel no, like having, no. yeah, and I feel like having, I guess, the time, also the budget, and also kind of just the story, having, I imagine, so many moments of just, people talking and people kind of exploring whatever happening was ever happening in the world um, kind of leads them to being able to have a lot more control over the actual visual style compared to, you know, as great as Infinity War and Game are, you're filming two gigantic blockbuster movies back to back at the same mm-hmm. time. You're not, you're trying to just nail what you need to nail. <laughs> and thankfully they did, but um, yeah, not a lot of time there for a lot of, um, 
I don't know, just finishing, I don't know, just different things, I guess. But I feel like mm. a TV show team in, like, one office just doing Loki shit, cool. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I suppose we should also maybe expand and just talk about Marvel in general for the year. We've also got Shang-Chi, which I'm pretty excited for. Yeah, yeah. Mainly so. because um, I've seen, I think I've seen one thing that the director's done before. It was that Just Mercy from last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that film. Yeah, I love that film. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I'm also, I also want to see the one that he did with Brie Larson. Was it Glass Castle or Short Term something? Oh, or? Oh, yeah, short. She, they did do that one, but there, yeah, there was the short term twelve, I think. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking to see that one. Um, but again, I'm looking forward to that as well. The fact that they seem to be doing a lot of practical stunts. Mhm. Yeah. There's a lot of stunt work involved, which again is great. Mm-hmm. But generally, I feel like we're moving into sort of a phase of Marvel now, with this year standing as a good example of it, where we have. What maybe people should have done with blockbusters before? <laughs> yeah. In that you have this big budget, yet everything seemed to stick to the same formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like every blockbuster, I'm not saying every blockbuster is the same because that's a massive disservice to the people that did work on them. Mm-hmm. But there is this conception that there are a lot of similarities between them in the way they look and the way they feel. Yeah. And I feel like that's been a massive missed opportunity in many ways for studios with big budgets to just go with the same thing. Mm-hmm. With yeah. this new slate, we have those big budgets, but they do seem to be actually using them to effectively explore creative decisions, which, again, it feels premature to say that. Yeah. But from what we've seen already, it does seem to be the case. I mean, I know last time we spoke, or we know it might have been last time, it was when we talked about the investors' stuff. Mm-hmm. We yeah. picked on particularly Ms. Marvel, and like it's like a shot where the camera tilts with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we talked we talked for a while about that. So you know, I'm, I'm cautious of repeating ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but There's stuff some... like that, yeah, it feels it feels different and different in a good way. Yeah, it just feels like it feels like they're using the safety of it's a franchise that people love, and clearly they will spend money on because it's the Billions of dollars came in from Endgame, including you know the four films that came out around that film. Um, so you have the safety of people want to see more of this franchise um, for a very long time. It's going to take for Marvel. It's going to take like five bad films in a row to make everyone kind of go, nope, no, no more. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like they've got you know they got some leeway, and I feel like Endgame being the big finish, and I think for many people that it, like they nailed the big finish, therefore they can just move on. Um, is really really exciting. I feel like uh, this uh, this film and Loki and all these other things are kind of eternal, especially for me. Is one of those things where I'm like, I think they know that they can do whatever they want now, <laughs> and that isn't just character-wise. That's actual like filmmaking style and tone-wise, um, and it could be really really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Is there any other Marvel stuff you want to talk about before we sort of move on? <sighs> Is twenty twenty one the year of Spider Man three? Yeah, it is December. Okay. And we also have Black Widow. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I kind of forget Black Widow's a thing because it feels like it came out, but it didn't. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it'll release a year after it was supposed to. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> 
we've all gotten used to it, but that's still a bit weird when you say it out loud. I know. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man 3, how do you feel? <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic. Sam, I'm trying to be hopeful about it. Um, I've heard a few things saying that... Um, I, I, one main thing I've heard is that Maguire and, and, and Garfield's Spider-Man won't come in it until the third act. Right, okay. Which I personally feel better about. I, I, I feel like you wouldn't, maybe. I feel like if you're going to have them, don't make them a cameo. <laughs> you know, like a mm. last-minute appearance that does something really world-changing for a bit. Um, just make them an actual character in the narrative. <laughs> just do that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you have to do it. You have to do them justice, and that they have to be there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they have to yeah. have their reason beyond. Oh, look, it's the old Spider-Man. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want this film to get overtaken and be the Spider-Verse film. I want this to be Tom Holland's third Spider-Man film. I do as well. <laughs> I want it to deal with the consequences of Far From Home, particularly you know the post-credit scene. Yeah, yeah, I want it to address that. It's it's crazy to me that they did that cliffhanger thing, was which kind of like you know, kind of screams that this is the next movie we're going to do. Um, and then halfway between that film releasing and now, it's kind of just became Maguire's back, Garfield's back, Jimmy Fox Electro back. Um, I think there's someone else going back. I remember as well. Um, Alfred, oh yeah, Doctor Octopus is back apparently. Uh, Alfred Medina's Doc Ock. Um, and it's just a. It's every time I hear something about this movie, I go, Are we really doing this? <laughs> <laughs> and I just think to myself, as someone, and he's saying, I think that everyone listening, this isn't, this isn't like a, me, and, me and Matthew hated the previous uh, Far From Home or Homecoming. Um, I didn't like Far From Home. Uh, Matthew, you, would, would you say that you liked it or loved it? Or? I would say that I really liked it. Yeah, so one I of us. I loved it, but really liked. Yeah, it's like one of us here is like on board for this story continuing, and one of us is kind of like, kind of optimistic about what could happen. You know, uh, it's not like we're just hating it because it's not our Spider-Man or whatever. <laughs> um, it's more just I wanted to see you know Tom Holland in New York, fully grown, mature Spider-Man, doing his own story. Like it didn't. It feels weird that they're not doing that, and it's almost the obvious thing to do mm-hmm. um yeah it's just weird all around <laughs> don't like it <laughs> it's very unusual another thing i did see um apparently they might the actors they're returning mm-hmm. specifically alfred melina and the villains they yeah. are playing the same characters but they aren't the same versions that we've seen before so they're they're like multi-dimension version, mm. but they're preying upon a nostalgia for it by making them come back. <laughs> Basically. Okay, that might be worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, for the sake of Melina, I'd say that I'm glad it's not Doc Ock, specifically the same one from yeah. Batman 2, because it would feel like it undermined the arc. Yeah. I did also see something else which mentioned Spider-Man 4. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Look, <laughs> as someone whose favorite movie is Spider-Man Two, 
of course, for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted Spider-Man 4. Um, it used to be a possibility, then it wasn't, then it definitely, definitely wasn't, and now we're just 10 years later, and I don't really want to see it, unless it happens by Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire and the same writers. That's the only way I want that film to happen. Kind of like a return of the people that made it to end it, maybe. Yeah. Um, so having it be potentially at least a multi-dimension hopping thing where he makes an appearance, maybe even dies, which might be, which will kill me, <laughs> um, uh, is really annoying. And I think the only thing I could possibly like cushion the impact of this for me is if they would announce that like, if they saw him in the trailer, Maguire, and then announced later that whilst this movie will introduce him, there will be a Spider-Man 4 and with Simon who's directing it and it's Tobey Maguire doing their own film um, in a different universe, maybe, I guess. Um, I guess I'm okay, kind of, with that idea for that character. Then again, I want a Tom Holland Spider-Man film. (laughs) That's all I wanted from the third one. So, Mm. a double-edged sword. (laughs) Yeah, perhaps one last thing to do with Spider-Man news. There are a lot of rumours that apparently they've signed a new deal. The Sony and Marvel? Yeah. It's like longer time to do. Yeah, for yeah. A, a, a much longer term. Right. Which if they had, it, I know like when we talked about it, I mentioned that with John Watts doing Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. I thought that maybe they were taking Spider-Man out. Yeah. Maybe. John Watts wouldn't be doing um, another Spider-Man film. Mm-hmm. But with the deal, it makes it look more like somebody else will take over for a Spider-Man 4. Yeah. That Which could, yeah. might line up with our other theory that a certain other person will take over. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I Look, I will be there. I will scream. I will run around the house. If I look at my phone one day and see Sam Raimi's directing just any Spider-Man film... Um, I will be insanely hyped, and all the things I'm saying right now will probably go away. <laughs> but at the moment, like the calm before the storm, I'm kind of just thinking a lot of, but just do something else. <laughs> a lot of do it's it. like with I, I feel mostly afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like Sony as well. I think it's. I think the main thing here, the kind of the underground bedrocking thing of all of it is the Sony are just involved in some way. Um, yeah, it's it, like praying in the back of my mind. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, is this Marvel or is this Sony pressuring Marvel? <laughs> um, so we just don't know at all. <laughs> Shall we move on? Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to go for next? Um, I think I'm going to choose kind of a weird one that I'm not really excited for, but I'm kind of just similar to Spider-Man 3, I'm kind of just optimistic about it. Um, the Uncharted movie. Mm, I have that um, on my list as well. Yeah, I just... This film, it's been in my head for a long time. Like, as a... When I play the games, I love the games. Um, when I play the games, I, it's always kind of one of those things where I want it to be a movie. And I want it to be a really well-directed movie and kind of a... Even if it's like a one-off, I don't really... That's one of a really good adaptation of this in some other medium. Um, and every time... This film's been in production hell for a long time. Um, and I think the final thing that we have landed on here is weird. <laughs> um, in all sorts of ways. But I can't help but be kind of 
interested because it's Tom Holland, who is very, very good, and he's playing a young Drake. So they're kind of doing a different thing from the from the games. So it's already kind of got a bit of a leeway there. Um, but then we have the weird choice of Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Which, come on. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you, you hear that initial cast and you think Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. You feel like, yeah, maybe you could get away with thinking they're just doing something different and yeah. Tom Holland's a good casting. Yeah, but then you have Mark Mark Wahlberg brought in, and then that kind of casts a new light on the Holland casting. It does, and you just think <laughs> maybe they've just done it because he's popular. Maybe, yeah. And on top of that, I remember very vividly before this casting even happened, and I think it's kind of well known that Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg had a very weird experience on the Graham Norton show once. <laughs> Are you aware of this? Oh, I didn't know about this. Um, it's actually like a show, and it's like not nothing like technically bad happened, but it's kind of like a weird thing where Mark Wahlberg came on. He was definitely, definitely drunk. Um, Tom Holland was just doing his job and just being nice and you know answering questions in a fun way. Um, but Mark Wahlberg being very, very drunk would just constantly like interrupt him and kind of overtake his conversation and kind of pretend to be giving him advice about life in Hollywood and this Hollywood system and all these sort of things. Mm-hmm. And the show ends with Mark Wahlberg definitely, definitely drunk, um, sitting on Graham Norton's knee and kind of just like taking over the entire show. <laughs> I have very, not seen that. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating, and I love watching it when it happened. But it definitely looked like it's it, that's when they first met. What a weird first meeting! <laughs> and looking at them now filming a whole movie together. And my own opinion, outside of the Graham Norton stuff there, this is kind of my own opinion on Mark Wahlberg as an actor slash person. I'm kind of like, are they a good match in any sort of way? <laughs> like, at all. Um, I feel like even though they are actors, they are pretending, uh, they are reacting to each other and all that, acting is a whole different thing. You can believe that people are friends even though they aren't. But I just feel like there's always kind of a thing with blockbusters where, like we've seen before, the actors don't get along. Do the characters get along as well on screen? <laughs> um, you don't really feel it as much as Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland, essentially. Mm. Um, like I feel like if you've got a buddy combination, including Tom Holland, it's a natural that you're only going to have to compare it to RDJ. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I just don't... And also the director's a guy called Ruben, Ruben Fleischer, I think. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> the guy who made. The guy who <laughs> oh, made I didn't Venom. know he was directing it. Yeah, the guy who made Venom, and that film is, you know, it is that film that it is. Mm. Um, so this guy who made a pretty average, bloated kind of, only really funny because of Tom Hardy. Nothing, nothing else really. Not nothing else really landed on any level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, He's making an action adventure film that's purely about drama and charm and kind of witty remarks and again, weird, weird choice. <laughs> and I have a feeling that we're gonna come out of Uncharted and think, what a average, maybe even bad movie. But Tom Holland was good. <laughs> um Yes, yeah, so like I I feel like for me when we had that press release photo of Tom Holland as Drake, <laughs> part of me was eased by that. Same, yeah. Like it felt, it felt right. Yeah, it looked good and it felt right. And you know, in the past, we have had films where we've thought, "Oh no," to the casting, mm-hmm. and it's worked out well. 
Oh, definitely. I can't remember before the first Thor film, everybody was everybody was stunned at the fact they cast Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth. You look look at that now. Yeah. You can't imagine questioning that. That's just like a, that's a normal thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there, there have other been cast other castings like I don't know. Who'd have thought we'd be saying seriously? That squad was crap, but we mm. liked Jai Courtney. Yeah, how weird is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's another weird thing. So I feel like we shouldn't write, write it off just because of the casting, but mm-hmm. not the best thing. Another thing that always comes up with me when thinking about Uncharted is, like you, like you said, I've always mm-hmm. played the games. I mm-hmm. love the games. The Uncharted Four for me was one of my favorite PS4 games. Yeah, like even now looking back, I think of that as the high point. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of one of if not my favorite game of the last generation. Yeah, same. Um, but something that sort of always struck me is Uncharted has been built as a game, obviously, <laughs> but as a game in response almost to stuff like Indiana Jones. Yeah, I feel like the way that Uncharted works as a game is because it puts you in a character like Indiana Jones's shoes and lets you play as them. Yeah, that's... but if you bring that to the screen, yeah, he's sort of just another Indiana Jones. Like obviously yeah. he's not. He's not Indiana Jones. Like if you play the game and you know the character of Nathan Drake, he is far from Indiana Jones. Hmm. But this idea of sort of treasure hunting, it's it's a common sort of story that was put in the game, and it was new and it was brave as a game. Yeah, and it's been built up from there. But my yeah. my concern is that bringing it back as a film, mm-hmm. does it have enough to stand on its legs? Yeah, it kind of feels like you're taking the big, at least at, at least on surface level, kind of the big. Um, selling point of what the game was, which was you're playing an Indiana Jones game and it's actually going to be an actual like adventure. Um, so turning that into a movie is kind of losing the big selling point. And then... Because there are a lot of revenge- adventure films out there. Yeah, there's a lot. And there's we had, I think, three, two murder movies in the past two, mm, two decades, maybe. Um, which all didn't really go well. <laughs> um and there's been many kind of adventure kind of knockoffs from Indiana Jones that sometimes go kind of well, like The Mummy, um, but other times mostly just kind of fade away. Um, so having not only this film kind of take out the main element of the game, which is playing the movie, <laughs> um, but having it be directed by someone who's almost kind of famously kind of average, <laughs> kind of schlocky director for um, um, blockbusters, Kind of like a oh okay oh okay <laughs> sort of ordeal. <laughs> I'm not really a fan of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd agree. So you got any other ones you decided for? I've, I've got a few others from where to go for. Okay. Um, looking at my list. Um, let's go for. My eyes have settled upon. <laughs> Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. <laughs> Not Suicide yeah, Squad. I, the Suicide Squad. The best Suicide Squad, we're hoping. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I look for uh, this. It just grabbed you from the initial. Um, I forgot what it's called. The fandom. That was it. A fandom event. Mm-hmm. It was. It was big. It was impressive. It was such a departure from the previous one. It had all the markings of like a landmark release. Yeah. Knowing James Gunn's behind it, and having seen what we have seen, I just feel excited. You know. Yeah. Same. It just could be brilliant. <laughs> And that's enough for me, I think. Big I think stars. You got, you got good charismatic actors. You got yeah. you got um, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, who has established herself as, you know, one of the best comic book casting slash comic book portrayals for Harley Quinn. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I just feel like all all the things point towards this being brilliant. And recently, I think they announced that it's going to be R-rated. Yes. For sure. Great stuff. So I feel like we all knew that anyway. Yeah, it definitely got like hinted towards a lot in the promo thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm so excited for this. It's again like I keep on hearing these things from James Gunn and all the cast, where it's like you've heard like films and marketing saying that you ex- don't expect anything because anything's going to be unexpected or anything like that. But I feel like this film feels kind of like true like anyone could just die at any point <laughs> or you know a character can reveal something at any point or yeah I'm, mm. I'm really excited for it it looks yeah. it also looks like kind of wacky in some ways kind of like the peacemaker I think the character's called uh, John Cena like his costume is very kind of over the top wacky kind of cheesy but also it's an R-rated world <laughs> where everyone's the killing fact, each yeah. other yeah I was going to say the fact you got polka dot man yeah yeah but god damn it it's just i feel like this is james gunn kind of being allowed to do whatever he wants for like one time only <laughs> like i feel like he's been given a lot of free reign in marvel i think he's been given a lot of free reign in those other projects before marvel um but i feel like this is you know it just feels like it's something he kind of needs to do before he does the next guardians yeah <laughs> yeah and also, I feel like it's one of the rare cases where you have this director and you feel like you feel like you've felt them grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if, if, you, if you like compare Gunn's whole filmography and you go along with it, you feel like there has been a sense of like a character in a film. Like, this guy has had an arc. Oh, he definitely has, yeah. <laughs> like, you feel like James Gunn's grown and you feel like you trust him where he's at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel really I, yeah, good about think- it. I, yeah, I feel like it's going to be... I'm so excited to see actual footage from it because we've only mm. really seen behind-the-scenes stuff in kind of a bit, like, five seconds maybe altogether of actual film clips. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited for like, what a film looks like in actual mm-hmm. when it colour grades and, and all that. Yeah. Because um, I just think it's going to be really weird. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah. I feel like, uh, at the very least, this film's going to be entertaining. Oh, yeah, it's going to be... It's probably going to be his most going for entertainment film since mm. like a, a while at least. But yeah, I just, I'm very excited for this. I feel like if you're not excited for this, I don't know why. <laughs> 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 it's one of those. But yeah, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Speaking um, of which, I've literally just heard a notification pop on my phone saying the Suicide Squad is confirmed to be R rated. Hey! I told you before. <laughs> yeah, you got there first. Got there first. Um, um, 
is there another one you want to move on to, or have you got something else you want to say about the squad? I think I want to move on to my most anticipated of the year. The one I am looking forward to by far the most. Mm, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I think I know what it is. <laughs> um, Where, my most... Is it supposed to be released in March? I think maybe. <laughs> I can't remember, actually. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. The one I am most excited for is The Matrix 4. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say The Snyder Cut. Oh, shit, yeah, that as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. But The Matrix 4 <laughs> is by far my most anticipated film this year. Um, for many, many reasons, I think. I, I mean. Yeah, I do as well in some ways. Like, I keep forgetting that. Yeah, mind is like, oh my god, that's I mean, happening. It's been mostly filmed as well, I think. Um, Has it? Yeah, there's, we've seen. I think like before COVID, I think, or at least at least around the time it started, I think we saw a lot of videos of them blowing up a street and jumping off buildings, <laughs> um, cool. like behind the scenes videos. Um, but. Yeah, I can't. I really cannot wait to see what this film not only just is, but like just looks like, kind of feels like. Are they using the same score from Don Davis? Are they going for the same kind of style? Are they going for the same acting style? Are they going to be a bit more human about the whole thing, or are they going to keep it kind of restrained? Um, are they going to retread some material, or are they going to make the Matrix One again, or are they doing completely something new? Um, I just cannot wait, and I feel. Um, I think it's said in my Matrix sequels reviews, and I feel like it's just something about the Matrix trilogy, where whilst the two the two that follow the first one aren't perfect films, like the first one to me is. Um, there's something just innately kind of crazy that they even happen sort of things that kind of make me love them. Besides the problems, because um, those two sequels don't have kind of a perfect structure, don't really have that much clear clarity and character that that many times um but i would be lying if i said i don't find them kind of beautiful that in many ways and i it's crazy that like you know duachowski has got to make a kung fu philosophy techno noir thriller action movie that ended with a big battle in a machine city that ends with neo kind of you know going blind and kind of having seeing the fifth dimension which is like a golden world um and then like it's such a crazy crazy thing that happened and it's they all earned like a lot of money in the box office even though, even though they were r-rated i think um and like it's crazy that they were that popular that they're still that popular today um and i think as i saw in an interview once of uh Luchowski is where they were like it's definitely more you know relevant today than it was in 1999 oh yeah <laughs> um, and I feel like we we even saw I don't know when it was even even if it was true, but we saw I think like a year or two ago some casting behind the scenes videos um, that were like leaked maybe or people reading apart from the script, and it was like someone someone them like were talking about how the Matrix is an actual like video game within the actual Matrix now. Um, <laughs> People are playing the story of Neo on their TVs and stuff, even though it actually happened. And so it's kind of getting not only weirdly kind of like the fact that the fourth one's getting made, but it's also taking kind of a meta approach. <laughs> um, 
is insanely cool to me. And I um and on top of this, I always love the Wachowskis and all and pretty much all that work. The only film that I don't like from them is probably Jupiter Ascending. Um, okay. um is it's just a bit iffy in many ways, but everything else I either like or really, really love from them, including the Matrix sequels. Uh, Cloud Atlas is one of my favorite films. Sense8 is one of my, maybe my favorite TV show of all time. Um, and I just look forward to whatever they do because it's always going to be different and weird. Um, and, oh my God, I can't. And also really exciting for me as a Sense8 fan is that they're putting a lot of the cast members in the movie. So, really? Like, yeah, so it's like these it's people that had like, they got this free, no, two season show, show that was really big for like two years, got cancelled by Netflix because it cost too much money. And then since then, their career hasn't, hasn't really, you know, I, as far as I know, their careers haven't really, you know, gone anywhere big star wise. So having them kind of like be brought back by the Wachowskis into this movie is so cool. Um, and and also, there's always like there's always going to be a threat of the Matrix Four, but without the Wachowskis, there was that for a long time. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the Matrix Four is happening, and it's the Wachowskis is is like Spider-Man Four, Sam Raimi for me, sort yeah. of thing. I'm right in thinking that um, they think they've both written it, but only one of them's directing it. Yeah, I think I think Lana is directing it, and they both written it, or at least you know planned it in their minds <laughs> together. Um, mm. So it's only one directing it, but. I think for a while now, Lana's been the only director out of the two for like quite a while. I think. Yes, Lana. Yeah, um, and yeah, I'm just kind of, kind of, kind of, is back, and I think he's right now in his prime. <laughs> weirdly. Oh yeah, he is. Um, he's just become. He's gone from sort of like, if you look at like Bill and Ted, <laughs> he's gone yeah. from this wacky, teenage sort of hippie type character to the ultimate badass. Really has, yeah. Like. They they sold a video game basically entirely on him being in it. <laughs> oh <laughs> and yeah, being piano like. Yeah, that's like, oh my god, that's just the best. And I think that having him again, James Gunn sort of thing with that character arc where he started out as like one kind of a one note kind of actor. He wanted to do some more. He tried to do some more, and people kind of were very mean to him for being not a great actor. Which I I won't defend him as an actor. I think he's a pretty good actor at some points, but. He definitely needs a simple kind of role to do sometimes. Like John Wick's very kind of it doesn't rely on him as a performer to be a wide range of emotions many times. <laughs> um but I feel like he has this natural charisma and talent and a genuine likability <laughs> no matter what. Definitely. Um, yeah. I think he's just an actor where like he just needs the right role. Yeah. Which yeah. is the case for a lot of actors. Sometimes actors don't find that. Sometimes yeah. they do. It's not. It's only very rare you come across an actor that can do everything. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree, and I think, I think, I mean, think about uh, the kind of reason how many iconic, especially action heroes that he has under his belt, like John Wick and Neo, uh, John something from Speed. <laughs> um, he's got, but he's got so many like main character action heroes are genuine like icons, from, like the makeup to the dress up to the. To the performance of some of his one-liners. Point Break. Yeah, Point Break as well. Like, he has so many iconic performances that are, I'm not going to argue the, the best, most nuanced, whatever, like, of acting, but just, like, he, whenever he gets a role that fits him, he just nails it completely. Um, and it's, 
it's it would be far less charming without him in it. Um, and yeah, just having him back is great. And Carrie Ann Moss is back. Um, I think some other characters are coming back as well. I think I think Naomi, which is Jada Jada Pink Smith. Um, I think she's back as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got. I've just I've just started checking. It's got a really impressive cast. Yeah, <laughs> Are yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. As well. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris, Jonathan Groff, who was in that um, Fincher thing on Netflix. Yeah, Mindhunter. Yeah, Mindhunter. Um, Yaya Abdul Mateen the second. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like you said, the few people from Sense8. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me have a look. I'm still going. Neil Patrick Harris, which I think you said. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellen Holman, which I feel like I should recognise her. <laughs> One of those. No, I don't think I do. Never seen anything she's in. Yeah. Um, Karen Moss, Jada Pinkett. Yeah, it's a good cast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just whatever it is, I'm going to be there day one if I can be. <laughs> um, yeah, god damn it. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> it's December, I think. December. Oh, is the Matrix going to be the new Christmas uh, Star Wars? <laughs> Never know. Never know. Oh, good things come at Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, do you want to move on to your next one? We can do. Um, since we mentioned it, the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Are we looking forward to it? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. So it's rumoured to be March, I think. I, I think Snyder's let be... that slip himself. Yeah, I think that's a big rumour. Yeah. Um, a long time in the running. Mm-hmm. Way too long. Um, I think regardless of when, if, if it's good or not, or if it's as good as we're expecting it to be, or some people are expecting it to be, Mm-hmm. I do still just feel happy that it's happened. Yeah, it feels like the... the actual film itself. It's more the principle of it. Yeah, it's definitely kind of a. Even if all, like, even if I like, somehow for whatever reason hate it, at the end of the day, I, I, I will always like say that. Thank God it got made, though. <laughs> mm. You know. Um, yeah, God, I'm so excited for this. <laughs> and it's supposed is... to be, and it, it just keeps on getting more interesting and more interesting with. Jared Leto tweeting that he's involved, and yeah, like a like an apocalypse war kind of version of the Joker with long hair and scars. Mm-hmm. There's something about him saying, I think they said that apparently he's supposed to steal a mother box or something. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I mean, I think what's weird as well going into this movie is that we know at least the general plot, like because we have seen unfortunately the 2017 version, which. For all its faults and kind of cutting down and kind of removing a lot of the actual Snyder isms and all the characters, it is still you know mother boxes um, and world ending in a big smokestack thing. I think at least uh, kind of affair. I feel like it's always going to be that, but having it be you know elongated to a four-hour movie entirely from Snyder compared to the first version, which was you know. Almost, almost entirely weed and, and not even two hours long is an incredible thing. I feel like it's, it's really a great kind of proof of like how the aesthetic and the sound design and the directing can really change an entire movie without mm-hmm. with like the same script, essentially. Um, I'm so excited. And I think for as controversial as it's going to be, because I feel like if you think this film is going to be 
the savior and then people been lost that as the proceeds characters i think i think that's a kind of a wishful thinking <laughs> um this is going to be really controversial this film definitely oh yeah uh, it's not going to be an easy kind of affair of this everyone's going to enjoy it at least it's going to be definitely a talking point for years the same way bvs and marcel are they're going to be divided for a long time um but having it exist and having me finally be able to say like the trilogy at least got complete is so cool and the best thing i wanted to happen out of all this (laughs) (laughs) yeah it feels like a victory yeah yeah (laughs) it feels like it feels like the hero won, but like (laughs) you can see me in a movie i guess (laughs) um Mm. yeah i mean it's four hours long (laughs) how rare is that it's so long they have to they have to put it out as a miniseries yeah, I mean, I can't wait to have like a Snyder marathon of like the uh, Man of Steel and BVS before that comes out, and just kind of lead into it and then experience it like as it was meant to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've talked a lot. I think at least on the on the review I did a while back, we did a while ago, which was like I think it's one of my I think it might be my most hated movie of all time, the first version. Mm-hmm. Um, not because of how bad it is, which it is quite bad. It's mostly just because of the principle, principle behind it of like literally like taking something away from someone and then crushing it down into a weird like Picasso painting of itself, and then kind of going to the audience here. It's definitely the Snyder cut. <laughs> like, stop lying. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I feel like also part of it that pisses me off is the fact that on everywhere it still says directed by Zack Snyder. Oh yeah, I hate that. God, it it irks me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing I was going to mention: Zack Snyder has another film coming out this year. He does, yeah. Which I'm cautiously looking forward to as well, kind of. Yeah. That's Army of the Dead. I feel like sometimes, much as I enjoy his DC work and his big kind of wacky Watchmen and all that sort of stuff, I kind of think he's better suited to like a simple zombie movie <laughs> sometimes like he mm. can make a simple zombie movie and so just something like really beautiful for some reason I feel that's when he works his best <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i i'm looking forward to that as well i'm looking forward to seeing that on netflix yeah which is one that you know you'd think also maybe not push back mm-hmm. if the worst should happen yeah definitely 2021 maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um, also, did you see about? Uh, I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast. The thing about reshooting several scenes. Yeah, I think because they completely replaced one of the actors, even though everything's been filmed. Yeah, because I think one of the act- actors or actresses are like not a good person, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is like a big move <laughs> to make <laughs> in production. Um, it also it strikes me as such a Zack Snyder move. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it reminds me of um. I think around the time of Kevin Spacey being a dickhead, uh, I think a really Scott movie called All the Money in the World. Oh, yeah. I remember him replacing Kevin Spacey with a different actor, and his, and his reasoning, it when everyone asked him, or whoever asked him, he was like, well, Kevin Spacey's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, simple enough. He's an arsehole. <laughs> Christopher Plummer, I think they brought him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I love... I mean, it's kind of like a weird choice in, like, like in mid-production to get everyone... To get everyone who's done their job and kind of get them all back to do the job again, but also at the same time, what a great power move in that situation. <laughs> you like, you don't deserve this. <laughs> mm. 
great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you got any others to bring up? Uh, I think my last one, I think, really, is similar to Matrix 4. It's definitely up there in the high margins of what I'm excited for. Is uh, June. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Directed by Dennis Villeneuve. Um, uh, Dennis. Yeah. Director Bar Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. Um, on all levels, this film seems like a pure kind of a game, a game people in the in their field coming together to work on one big project um, that they all really care about. Um, I think even Denny, Dennis, I think it's Denny as well, actually, Denny. Denny. Um, even he said, I think that he thinks that this is his best film by far. Um, which is interesting to say about yourself, but also kind of, okay, I believe you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he said that, and at the same time as saying, because obviously this film has been caught up in all the HBO Max, Warner Brothers dispute about not telling anyone, but just kind of going, we're releasing our movie on streaming and not cinemas, <laughs> um, which is a choice that they made, um, which is bad. <laughs> um, but having him kind of, I don't know, just being allowed to make a Dune film the way he wants to make it is insane. And that trailer is one of my favourite trailers of the year, I think. Um, yeah. Are you excited for this film? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think it's going to be quite heavy. Oh, yeah. It'll be Blade Runner sort of thing. Yeah. I I really liked Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's really quite a brilliant film. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I'm going to trust him. With yeah. with this, and like you said, the trail looks good. There are a lot of good castings in there, a lot of good actors that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again, you know, it's not a massive game changer, but it's something to tick off on the list. Yeah. Uh, visually, it looks it looks it looks very impressive, which is yeah. feels like a certainty for a Denny Villeneuve film. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say that it's not it's not one of the things I'm most excited for, but it's mm-hmm. one that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, you'll definitely be there like day one or day two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, towards the start of the release, yeah. Assuming the world is all right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel this is um, the kind of the way that I approach being excited for a film is always kind of looking at who's making it and going on IMDb, looking at the crew and the cast and kind of thinking, well, why would they be doing this if it wasn't going to be good? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, as much as I get excited for Marvel projects and stuff like that, I always get more excited whenever I look at a Marvel project and I go, oh, Chloe Zhao is making this, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like a, it makes me trust it a lot more than just a pretty good trailer would, I guess. Um, and even though the trailer was great for June, it's more the fact that it's Denny, it is Denny Villeneuve and Greg Fraser, the uh, cinematographer, and there's a massive cast of people that are amazing at their jobs. Um, and all the different things, and the music, I think, is by Hans Zimmer, I think. Um, is it? Yeah, which is, part. like, Come on, like this is the best like cast and crew put together. <laughs> um, which is always what I use to like let me know if I'm going to like a film really. And you know, they're the best in the business really, <laughs> in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, I can't help but just think about this film a lot and just really want to see it, despite Warner Brothers being dickheads about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> Basically, same. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any more? Um, I have a few more, but I'm only going to sort of talk about one. I think. Okay. Um, the Bond film. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, no time to die. 
it feels rare or uh, feels weird considering all we've said on, about James Bond on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn around and say I'm going to be excited for the newest one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am quite looking forward to it. Same, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it a lot more than I was about a year ago, actually. <laughs> which is odd. <laughs> the hype is built up. It's like, because it's delayed, it's allowed me to get into the swing of it. Yeah. Because like before any, before, like if you told me like a month before it was supposed to be released, I sort of think, oh, it's James Bond. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now as we sort of see more trailers, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Same. Um, I think it's weird because it's had quite a bit of production hell for a bit, I think, with Danny mm-hmm. Boyle. Um, so I think having... But even then, there's one of the things, well, look at the director and the cast and the writers, who I think Phoebe, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is kind of somewhat involved in writing. Um, and we have Carrie... I'm not going to do his entire name because I might just, you know, ruin it. But Carrie, I was gonna call him. I'm just gonna call him Carrie. Um, <laughs> he's directing it. Who I think is a great director. He won. He made. I forget what the name was, but is I love the TV show. Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. I think. Oh, Maniac. Maniac. There we go. Yeah, I love that TV show quite a bit. Um, and yeah, it's a really interesting director, really interesting writers, and it looks great, like visually as well. Um, it also looks kind of new and interesting for the Bond series for a while. Like, I feel like Spectre is very much Skyfall Part 2, <laughs> and mm. Quantum Solace is very much Casino Royale Part 2, and No Time to Die feels very much like No Time to Die, just like its own kind of thing. And all at the same time, I think we've seen, I think we said before that, um, this is the first time, I think ever, uh, that a Bond actor has known going in that this is their last movie. Therefore, they're making mm. it his last movie, um, which is interesting, I think. Yeah, uh, um... Yeah, I think it's it's one it it just feels different. I know it's odd you can't really say that based off of the trailers, but it feels like a departure from the previous films. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think yeah. It I think it's promising. More, it seems a bit more personal than I think like Spectre uh Spectre mm, did. Yeah. Spectre kinda of felt a bit more it Skyfall felt personal, Casino Royale felt personal, even Quantum Solace felt personal. But I think Spectre went in a weird direction of having it being kind of less personal and more kind of like plot centric and tying the world together with like there's all only been one villain behind all the whole thing <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of ordeal that I didn't really enjoy um and therefore the kind of the love interest kind of fell but fell to the wayside with um kind of being fast-tracked for that kind of overarching plot um so having not, not had to die be kind of already kind of taking that plot thread and making it better by having it be the actual point of the movie <laughs> um i think at least um it's definitely an inter- interesting choice just making it more personal and a bit more i guess a good a good mix between skyfall and casino royale is what i want to see <laughs> um because they're very different bond films i think mm-hmm. um so i want to see a good a mix between them two but definitely a new flavor with the director and writer involved but yeah i am excited for this but bond is always a weird thing for me <laughs> same it's yeah. one i'm always very cautious of yeah, the ones that I enjoy, I don't look towards the best this, you know, blockbuster system has to offer, but I think Cinderella is kind of the exception there for me. I feel like that's the one I do actually love. Um, but every other one I kind of feel like is kind of mm. the epitome of 
meaningless entertainment. <laughs> um, Same for me. I feel like um, Casino Royale, sorry, yeah, Casino Royale and Skyfall for me are the two that I consider to be pretty good. Yeah, like Same. really good, and ha- like with that personal Bond style. Whereas a lot of the others, particularly the older ones, mm-hmm. oh no. Yeah, I agree. I feel there's a lot of. I don't want to be too kind of mean towards it because I feel it's just like I feel there's a lot of nostalgia towards the older ones. Uh, a lot of kind of when it was good, but not it's not not really good anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm not even really I'm not even really talking about the actual like kind of politics of the film and how they treat women and all that. Mm-hmm. I just think as the films as entertainment, they do kind of fall flat on comedy and <laughs> plot, especially now. Yeah, definitely now. Um, yeah, it's just a weird franchise that I don't understand. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah. So, is that um, it? I, I do have a few more little ones, if we want to just rattle them off. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, stuff we've talked about before. Um, mm-hmm. Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Star Wars animated spin-off and Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Which again, I'm really looking forward to, but we haven't really seen anything from it. Yeah. So I didn't feel like there was not, not that much to talk about for it. Just kind of, it's a nice idea that it's happening. <laughs> mm, very cool. Yeah. Um, a Quiet Place 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Uh, Mission Impossible 7. Oh, is that this year? I think it's supposed to be this year. Oh, then that'll be in my top three then <laughs> of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, November, I think. Mm. Okay. Um, Last night in Soho. Mm-hmm. Very interesting looking. Um, such Shang Chi. A uh, really weird one for me. Uh, Halloween Kills. Oh, the sequel to Halloween. Yeah, I wasn't feeling horror. I'm not a horror person. Yeah. But I really enjoyed Halloween. The uh, one they did a few years ago. Yeah. So for me, I'd probably want to see Halloween Kills. Yeah. Um, King's Man. Oh, yeah, that's been a while in the production. <laughs> I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Same, same. Because the, the Golden Circle kind of killed it for me. I agree. And also, I feel like Kingsman and Men of Blacks are a very common thing where they make a very good first film, make a terrible second film, and they make a third film when they go back in time. That's kind of all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll follow that trend. Maybe, yeah. I'm kind of hoping it doesn't, but also at the same time, I won't mind it, I guess, if it's not too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, my God, yeah. I forgot. Oh, my God, yeah. I forgot about all, I forgot about all this. <laughs> That's the one that was delayed. I'm actually looking forward to that. I kind of am, yeah. If, I mean, I'm cautious because if, it's, some, it's, it's an 80s thing that's been rebooted. Yeah, could always go uh, wrong. <laughs> you also have the real-life sad problem of only three of the Ghostbusters actors are still with us. Yeah, that's true. Harold Ramis sadly passed away. Yeah. Which um, you know, gives a sad little tint to it. Yeah. Um, but on the bright side you have Finn Wolfhard. Mm-hmm. That's a good Pretty name. Good. And also uh, Paul Rudd. Who? Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul Rudd. I think it's Paul Hollywood. Paul Hollywood? <laughs> hey, he's doing yeah. a bit of bacon. <laughs> ripping out the cakes ripping some ghosts um, yeah Paul Rudd yeah. Uh, as like a science teacher type thing mm-hmm. which you know I'm quite enamoured with that idea I like Paul Rudd I really like Paul Rudd yeah. 
I'm I love him so much. <laughs> um, what a great guy. This feels very kind of episode seven to me. Like Force it does, Awakens. It? Yeah. It feels very new but kind of teasing some teasing some old things at the same time. Um this is inter- I yeah, I'm in. <laughs> no, I'm in. Yeah. Um Fast and Furious Nine. Oh my god, yeah, I am really excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, the best franchise in the world. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm just gonna uh, re, re, re say what I've said before. In the, um, the trailer for this <laughs> reminded me a lot of Endgame, <laughs> <laughs> like the idea of I've retired and I'm on a farm and I've raised my daughter, yeah, and oh, the world needs saving again. Let's do a cast on <laughs> that, that. That that struck me as really like, like Tony Stark in Endgame, yeah, but, but you, you can... know, I'm 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 not, I'm not going to poop on the parade. No. If no. people love these, people love them for a reason. Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, I think people love them, including me, because it's it's this weird thing where it's, it's about normal people driving cars real fast. And at the same time, though, for some reason, they also save the world a few times. They also don't really experience much physical harm. They also have, like, the entire series has like a weird timeline, like almost like a Marvel sort of thing of like, so one and two are sequels to each other. The third movie is a prequel to four, five, and six, and then in seven we are post Fast Furious three. But then the twist, there's so many twists that happen with the villains that each villain comes back in some sort of way through a previously explained thing, <laughs> and it's sort of like even though it's only nine films, that we've seen many franchises have more than that now that are complex in their continuity but even though it's only nine films and a spin-off the actual like kind of i guess the fast and furious law is kind of like really deep and kind of complicated <laughs> and like there's little easter eggs and stuff like that um it's a weird franchise that came from basically very little <laughs> that first film and the second film are very barely films to, to be honest um and the third one is the one. The first one had an actual narrative at its core. Um, but yeah, Fast Nine. They even call it the Fast Nine, the Fast Saga. Like, <laughs> come on, <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Also, my final thing. Um, this might necessarily for you. There are uh, Walking Dead returning again. Oh, okay. There are six bonus episodes which are to add on to season ten. Is it like the finale kind of? Um, well, they were stopped because of COVID. Oh, okay, yeah. But they got to, like, they released everything from series nine apart from the finale. Oh Jesus! Okay. <laughs> so they had to make the finale, like, sort of, or finish it off during COVID. Right. That was then released uh, about. I don't know, I think it was the end of October. Okay. And that was the series done. But <laughs> because the the 11th series is going to be the final one, mm-hmm. what, they, what they've done for that is they've decided that they've bumped the episodes, their season up from 16 to 24 episodes. Right. <laughs> so you're going to have a bumper final season. Yeah. What they've also done is they've added six episodes onto season ten. Okay, so 
<laughs> so it kind of has a finale, yeah. which we've had. Yeah. But the finale isn't the finale finale. It's the it's the finale, but we've got this in in between bit. It's the palate cleanser finale. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It's weird. <laughs> anyway, two things that I've put on this list that are coming out, but I'm really not looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Morbius and Venom Two. Oh my god! Yeah, Jesus Christ. I, I feel like I should mention them, but I just, I just oh no. It's. I just don't want to. No. Here's the thing no, with that no, with no, those no, two films. No, no. When they come out, they will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> because Sony, I don't know how they do it with these films, but they make them very like somehow like very schlocky. Like they feel kind of like B grade, even though they have like a million dollar budget. Weird. I don't know how they do it. Weird. Mm, I'm. I think. I think we're. I'm going to start calling. I'm going to call it the Ari Arad filter. Oh yeah, <laughs> the blue kind of overshade thing. Even if he's not involved, that's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also maybe. I mean, maybe we're introducing the vulture into that film, and also Raimi's no, Spider-Man. no. Let's just not go there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it happened in the trailer. It, it 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 literally it literally feels like what they're doing is there's like a party at school, like a high school, and there's a party going on. Mm-hmm. Big Kev hosting the party of the century. Yeah. Right over at Marvel. House. <laughs> Everyone's having a great time. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the dickhead of the school decides, I'm going to party as well, <laughs> and I'm going to invite all the same people. No, yeah, blue yeah, lights. <laughs> Turn up and throw poop at your house. <laughs> and that, that to me feels like was happening. Somebody, somebody in high school decided, oh, I want, I want to have that fun as well. Why haven't you invited me? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, it does feel a bit like a the little brother looking to the big brother and saying, "Can I do the same thing as you, please?" <laughs> It's like, it's like that meme, isn't it? It's like somebody, uh, somebody gives the other guy something and says, this is so-and-so, I made this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that person leaves and the person left says, this is a so-and-so, and I made this. <laughs> yeah. It feels yeah. feel like an annoying kid brother, you know? Mm-hmm. He's just there doing things, you know? And I guess you've got to accept it because it's coming out. It is. It's only coming out. They filmed it. They said, yes, we're doing this. And then it's coming out. (laughs) This was supposed to get me happy for 2021. (laughs) The opposite is this ending. What an ending. (laughs) Shall we wrap it up? Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't think so. I don't really think so. Uh, Again, we're totally assuming here 2021 is going to be okay. And okay. at least you know half okay, mm. and these films will come out at some point. Yeah, we had um, the best of luck considering up yeah. until we restarted again. Yeah, uh, the last episode we had was stuff coming out in 2020. <laughs> yeah, for, for for a while, for about three or four months, was the last podcast episode we did. Kind of which ironic. Was really ironic. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully this is what happens here. Hopefully we get you know. At least the back end of 2021, we get the actual things we're meant to be getting. Mm-hmm. Um, I am 
I'd be so kind of annoyed if we don't get a Matrix 4. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. So, we have been your co-hosts, Henry and Matthew. Matthew, I'm here. Um, yeah, and we have a Instagram account, at Marvel Cinema Podcast, where we are doing daily reviews of just random stuff. I think I think next we're doing the Pixar movies in review. I think so, uh, yes. Yep. And then we have weekly podcasts every Monday, usually. Um, we are doing the same thing on Twitter at Cinema Marvelous, where we have daily reviews, weekly podcasts, Pixar review. We're coming up, coming up next. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening and goodbye. Yeah, see you there. Thank you. Bye. Bye.